you say good morning to someone around you? Hello, my name is Katrina and I'm one of the youth directors here at Willow Park Church. Here's your family news for this week. First of all, welcome to Creekside. If you're new to our church, please take a moment to fill out one of our connect cards or scan the QR code on the seat in front of you to fill out online. 
Then after the service, be sure to stop by the connect table in the foyer to collect a free gift from us. <laughs> kids Club, our midweek program for kids in grades kindergarten to grade five is happening on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. right here at our new Creekside location. We still have some more spots available, so sign your kids up today. We are beginning the final week of our 21 days of prayer. To wrap it all up and celebrate what God has done, we hope you will join us next Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at our Highway 33 location for Willow One Worship and Prayer. We will also have a kids praise and worship party happening at the same time, so bring the whole family. We look forward to seeing all of you from all of our campuses that evening. Looking ahead to February, we want to let you know that we will be starting a new Alpha course. If you're wanting to learn more about God and explore the deeper questions of life, then this seven-week course is definitely for you. Alpha will be happening online on Monday nights at 7 p.m. and will be hosted by Pastor Phil and Pastor Jordan. Sign up today on our website. That's all for our family news. Have a wonderful week. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you all this Sunday morning. Uh, for those, this is your first Sunday at our new space. Walk and I'm just going to keep it here. Oh, there we go. So look at that. Just had to put it down. Anyway, if this is your first Sunday here at our new space, uh, I just want to encourage you after the service, walk around, check out the new rooms. You know what? I don't know. Write your name on the wall. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that, please. And so <laughs> this isn't camp. Um, and so uh, it, it just go around, look at the new space, uh, talk with some people, and uh, enjoy just our new confines. And so why don't we all stand, though, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to head back into worship. Um, hopefully you're enjoying these 21 days of prayer. It's been really, uh, for our family, uh, engaging as we each morning, as Kim and I, not that we hadn't, but uh, really focusing on... Uh, Go into the Lord's feet and with the things that, you know, are burning on our heart. And so uh, is this 21 days of prayer just another way of worshiping and drawing close to Christ in a deeper, more intimate way? And we're going to talk about that uh, through this message today uh, on Sabbath. But let's focus on the Lord. Jesus, we ask that as we come into this space, Lord, as we, Lord, we want to, Focus on you. Lord, we want to praise you. Lord, we know that there's lots happening in our world, lots going on that can distract us from you. Lord, we want to find peace in your presence. Lord, we want to worship the creator. We want to draw close to you. You're worthy of our praise, Lord. And so as we enter into this time, this service, Lord, we want to give you everything. Lord, we, want, we know that you have something for us. We know that you want to speak to us. Lord, we know that you want uh, to transform our lives, Lord. And that simply comes by praising you, Lord, by letting your word penetrate our hearts. So, Lord, we focus on you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, you can stay standing or sitting, however you prefer to worship. We're going to get right into it. Um, I chose songs this morning that actually focus on 
just Jesus himself and his character and how we need him in our lives. So I just hope that this time can be used as a time of reflection, but also a time for you to just engage with our Savior. It's going to be awesome. All right.
shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, rest in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne, faultless to stand before the throne. Offer up your hearts to him today. He hears you and he knows you. He's the Lord of all creation. That includes us. Just let the song be a reminder of how much we need him. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart.
before uh, we invite the kids to come up so they can head off. Uh, Katrina in the uh, video announcement, she mentioned these Connect cards. Uh, if you are new, I'd love for you to fill one of these out, then you'll get a beautiful email from me with a wonderful gift. Um, this is like the easiest way and the most uh, fast way, you know, to get connected with myself and our church or if you have any questions. And so if this is your first Sunday here or second Sunday, you maybe haven't filled this out, I'd love for you to fill this out. Uh, easy way for me to connect with you and to say hi and just tell you about the things that we have at our campus. Second is also the 21 Days of Prayer is wrapping up next Sunday. And at the main campus, we're going to have all the campuses together for a big celebration, worship service, and a testimony time. And so this is going to be a great time for all of us to gather to praise Christ about what he's done over these 21 days of prayer. And even maybe to you know, bring those requests uh, to people that we know that maybe we haven't seen come through quite yet. So they can tag team in prayer with us too. And so there'll be also, a, if you're like, I've got kids, I don't want them to sit there for an hour. Well, there is something for the kids. And so there is a kids worship and praise time during that time too. So I invite you to come on out 530 next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. This week, past week, was our first like full week in here, and so we had a small group here on Tuesday, we had youth on Tuesday, and then Wednesday we had kids club, and it was, you know, it's lots of exciting things happening uh, in this new space, and so one of the areas where we really need some help and uh, is kids club. Not that, you know, that we can't do it alone, but we can't do it alone, and so um, we need, you got, you got that? <laughs> so... We need some more volunteers to help out with Kids Club. Uh, we need someone to help out in the game section. You're like, oh, do I have to, you know what, do the game, make the game? Well, you have to just kind of, you know, facilitate the game is the, the nicest word to use. You don't have to create it. It's already there for you. You just got to be the one who oversees it. 
Crafts, if you, we need someone to oversee the crafts. You don't have to come up with a craft. You don't have to bring your own craft supplies. You don't have to bring your hot glue gun. You keep that at home. Uh, but we need you there to help facilitate the crafts that are already prepared and everything, just to be an overseer. And for our teens, for those teens who want to work at camp this summer, and you're like, I want to be a leader. Well, this is the greatest training ground that you can ever have in order to be a leader at uh, camp. We need just two teens to come help and just kind of oversee the, the kids. You don't have to like tuck them in at night or anything like that. You just need to help them get from space to space and make sure they don't glue their fingers together. So kids club, talk to my wife if you are interested in helping in that way. Um, speaking of kids, kids, why don't you come on up and we'll pray for you as you head off. Like Jeremy said, we need helpers. Uh, we do have a couple youth that are going to help lead some groups, but I'm not turning down any type of help at all. Um, and so that also gets me to Sunday school. We need help with Sunday school. Um, the way we're doing it, I know I've explained it a few times, but for those that weren't here, we're, we're meeting all together. We'll do the lesson all together. So there's one person teaching the lesson. So that takes a lot of, some people are like, oh, I'd help, but I don't feel comfortable leading a lesson. You don't have to anymore. All you have to do is facilitate one of the groups after, which would be just kind of talking about stuff as they do their craft and have their snack. Uh, it's a lot less that you have to do, but we do need volunteers. With that, is the plan to protect. And so they have streamlined this through Willow Park. So you go onto their website, you go to kids, and then you scroll down and there is a link and you fill that in and it starts the process. So they'll send you some papers, they'll send the police check thing to you, and then there will be videos. They're short little videos. They've broken it down into chunks. Everything is done at home. As soon they will be notified as soon as you've done all that stuff. And then now you are you've gone through all the training, you're all good for the plan to protect stuff. So that's very important. We want to protect our kids. Part of that is that we have to have two leaders for every group for plan to protect, right? And so we want to do Sunday school, we want to keep it going. We see the value in them having time alone as older and younger ones, but if we don't get enough volunteers, then they're have they're gonna have to be together all the time. And so, not to put pressure on you, but like Jeremy said, we need help. And I can't do it on my own, and I have a few people that have really stepped up, but they shouldn't have to do it every week either. So I really do encourage you. Youth, too, I know some of them left. It's a lot easier. You don't have to teach a lesson. You just need to be there, be present. And growing up, some of my favorite people were our youth people that just spoke. Like, you have no idea the power of your presence in their lives. And so, okay, that's all that stuff. We are working on the Lord's Prayer. And I was during worship. Why do I know this? And so I know it in the King James Version. Now I was trying to remember how. And then today I just remembered, I went to elementary school in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, public school, and assemblies on Fridays, we would sing O Canada and we would say the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, and that's when I'm like, that's how I know it and why I know it in the King James Version. But so we have prayer cards. So the younger kids, theirs are made and put together.
but it's broken down easily. So we're going to work on this for a few weeks. And so we're going to take a couple chunks each Sunday and just kind of talk through what those mean, right? Hallowed. How many kids know what hallowed means? That mean, right? So we're going to break it down. I don't care what translation your kids memorize, but we really want to encourage your kids to memorize this. We are going to focus a lot on prayer and the power of our prayers and that God hears our prayers uh, over the next little while and what it means to pray in accordance to God's word, all that kind of stuff. We want our kids to have that foundation. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop before I cry. So, kids, are we ready? Should we pray and then go? Okay. Oh, do you want to pray? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So God, thank you so much for this time. We thank you for all our kids and we thank you for all our parents who faithfully bring them that see this as important and valuable in their lives. And so God, I pray that you would bless our family here, Jesus. We pray for an increase. We pray that we would be vessels in this community in whatever sphere you've put us in, Lord God, that we would show the love of Jesus and not just in the words that we say or the actions that we do, but in everything, Jesus. And so we pray for um, you to lead us and guide us in this time, and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, kids, we are going to go right out through that door and then head to the big room. Good job. Follow Jaden. Great. Uh, this moment, we're just going to take a time for our offering. This is a part of our worship that we don't want to forget about. Um, I've mentioned throughout uh, the last three or four months. So we want to be Second Corinthians 8 givers. We want to give consistently. We want to give generously and sacrificially. And that's what we want Christ calls us to do as believers. Those three areas are huge in our life. And uh, our giving looks so many different ways, right? There is through our time, through the way that we serve, and obviously through our finances too. And so in front of you, there's envelopes, and so if you feel led to give, you can fill out that envelope. Uh, you don't just, and then there's a, a basket in the back. It's a that box has made its way from the theater here, and so it's a, a taupe. We'll call it taupe, uh, kind of colored box uh, at the connect desk. And so as you leave, you can drop your offering off there. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for Lord that. You've provided for us. Lord, and we give to you, Lord, because it does something to our hearts. Lord, there's, in Matthew, it talks about this battle uh, for our heart, and a big part of that is with money. And so we give, Lord, so it doesn't hold us. Lord, but we also trust in you as we give, Lord, that you will fill in. And we, those spaces that, you know what, we fill gaps at. Lord, it's a sign of trust to you. We thank you for all that you've given. We pray that as we give, Lord, that this money will go toward enhancing your kingdom, spreading it over the Okanagan here. So we thank you for our, all those who have give. And Lord, we are excited for what we can continue to do here in Lake Country and Columbia.
Awesome, sweet. It's a lot of a, it's a lot closer walk uh, to the stage rather than the theater, and so I'm very appreciative of that. Not sure, probably better for my health at the theater if I'm making more steps, but uh, you know what? I appreciate how close it is. So, do it's nice and tight up here on the stage. Uh, we got lots of chords here; it's exciting. So, I'm um, hopefully I don't trip into art uh, as I go through the sermon, and so. Uh, somebody run and catch me if anything happens. My heart's going to catch me. It's awesome. Thank you. Uh, today we're continuing our series on rhythms. Last week we took a break as it was our big kickoff and you know, talked about vision. Hopefully if you've missed that service, uh, you can watch that online. You can watch, if you get my email, it should be on there. Uh, it was, I think, a really good service as we moved into this new space and what this means for us. And so... Uh, we are doing a series on rhythms, you know, at finding rest for your soul in this new year. And this one is, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, like giving it a rest is the title of my sermon. You know, finding that rest with Christ, taking that Sabbath with Jesus, incorporating that into our lives. And so if 2020, like, was a year where we hit the stop button and found, you know, life slowed down a bit, and we were able to spend, you know, maybe more time with Christ, you know, family, and outdoors, or, you know, maybe finishing that project that you've had on the go for a long time. I mean, if you didn't finish it in 2020, not sure if you're ever going to finish it, and so, um, sorry, wives, and I tell Kim, like, I'm sorry, 2020 was the year, and it didn't get done, so, <laughs> and she's like, no, it's going to get done. Anyways, I'd say 2021, I would describe it as that year of just, like, catch up, like, everything was on fast forward. Uh, I felt like, you know, we had to catch up on all that was missed in 2020. We had to fill in the gaps, you know, of people maybe who were no longer at the spaces where we worked at. And so, and there was new rhythms at those workspaces that, you know, I, when we have new rhythms, it, it takes a lot of energy to get into that rhythm. And so there was a lot of change in 2021. And so there was a survey done in 2021 where it showed 41% of global workers are thinking about handing in their resignation. And, you know, I'm not sure how they performed this, this other study, but it was found that 750,000 deaths were caused by being overworked. Not sure how they did that, but they said this is what happens. They figured out how many people died by being overworked. Healthcare professionals say overwork is more often than not a factor in most common, actually, medical ailments in our society. And so a lot of the things that are affecting people medically, physically, can be due to being overworked. Heart disease, lung ailments, you know, accidental injuries, cirrhosis of the liver, you know, these are just the things to name a few. And we're busy with our jobs. You know, people are busy. And I saw this stat, 86% of men and 67% of women work an average of more than 40 hours a week. And yet, the most of those workers feel like they never have time to get anything done. Only 57% of employees use actually all their allotted vacation time. And so all this, all this you know, constant going in 2021, feeling like the stress and the continuing and the catching up, you know, it causes emotional problems. And CNN, in a six-year study of 2,500 workers, those who worked 11-hour days were two and a half times more likely to become depressed than those who worked eight-hour days. And the reason is, is when we work, uh, we're under stress, and your body releases a certain type of chemicals and these hormones to deal with it, So, which is fine you know, in a normal rhythm, a normal work day, but when you work too much, it literally is poisoning your body. And so you can take away from this sermon, 
I shouldn't work as much. And so you go to your boss, and so I'm done. It's six hour days, here we go. And so, um, but throwing off all your levels, leading to more anxiety, more depression. And like vacations, right? Well, because of the pandemic life, we couldn't take them more regularly. I, I wanna say most people are probably carrying vacation days into the next year over the last couple of years. But one thing we learned about vacations, what I learned about vacations with children, they're absolutely bonkers. And so they're like, I, I look forward to go back to work to be able to sit and, so, and not have to carry kids. Jim Gaffigan, who is a comedian, he has four kids, said, people ask me what it's like to go from three to four kids. And he said, well, it feels like you're drowning in the ocean, fighting with all your might to keep your head afloat for just another second. And then someone in a boat takes the baby and says, here, catch. And so <laughs> this is like, I have four kids. I feel that. That resonates with me. Um, one huge thing I learned from 2021, one huge thing is this. I'm human. Not sure what I thought about myself before. Maybe superhuman, maybe a ninja turtle, maybe young and stupid. I don't know. But 2021 showed me that something I needed it was rest. Shocking. Shocking that we need rest. I've been having this back pain, neck pain, this tension pain right up here, and all in the name of being busy and working past my physical limits. And what can destroy our soul, what can destroy us is busyness. And so today we're going to look at a story of two individuals and what we can learn from those and why we need to rest, why we need to take that time to rest in Christ, why we need to practice that Sabbath. So let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you that we can come and listen to your word. Lord, we thank you that you want to draw us close to you. Lord, you're constantly wanting us to come to you and be at your feet. Lord, because you are our sufficiency. You are our strength. You are everything that we need. Lord, you are the trust that we can rely on. So, Father, as we listen to this sermon, we pray that it resonates with us. As it resonates with us. Lord, we take what we learn here, what you're speaking to us, Lord, and we use it in our life. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke uh, 10, 38 to 42. Luke 10, 38 to 42. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to pop up here on the screen for you. And it says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, actually. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So many commentators have suspected that, you know, you have two very different type of personalities here. You know, Martha, the task-oriented one. Mary, the people-oriented one, uh, just wants to be with Jesus. And, you know, this may be true, but I don't think Jesus is here trying to indicate, you know, that he prefers Mary's personality best. He created both personality types, and he has a purpose for both of them. And he's not saying that no one should ever, you know, prepare meals, you know, and we should all just sit around and do our quiet times all day, every day. He's not saying that either. Obviously, there's things that have to be accomplished throughout our day. So this will go against, you know, so many other things that Scripture actually teaches, right? One of the spiritual gifts that God get, 
uh, gifts us is, you know, serving and hospitality. And so people have these gifts given to them of service, hospitality, and they really enjoy it. So why is he picking on Martha? Why, why not say, okay, Martha, like, here's your problem, but Mary, you should get off your rear end every once in a while and go help. Like, go over there and help Martha. Come on. You see, the world, we, we actually value those Marthas a lot because, you know, Marthas are considered to be even great Christians because, you know, Marthas usually value themselves and consider them actually maybe even themselves as a great Christian because we put our hands to things, we get dirty, they're doing things, and we see that, you know, we're, we're accomplishing things for Jesus because we're constantly going. And Jesus is going to deal with a rather dangerous, you know, a temptation for these competent, responsible people. He is breaking this myth. He's breaking the myth that busyness equals faithfulness. You know, because sometimes when we're busy, we feel like we're important, we're needed, and I get that. For many people, busyness makes us feel faithful to God. Look, God, you know what? I'm tired. I've done all this for you. I'm burnt out. I've got nothing left. Lord, you wanted a burnt offering. Here I am. I'm so tired that I feel like you know, someone lit me on fire. This story shows you that it's not true. What Jesus confronts in this story is Martha's fear. He's confronting Martha's fear. And that's actually what is driving Martha's busyness, fear. It's what's driving her. Because you can see in verse 41, it says, she is anxious. She's anxious. Because Martha might be thinking this. Yeah, it's not going to get done. It's not going to get done. Oh, Jesus is here. You know what? I need to make something. You know, a four-course meal. Here we go. You know what? I need to make sure the windows are clean. I got to get the toothpaste spots off the mirror. Like, I make sure all the toilets are flush. Like, I need to go out and get the good wine. Jesus is here. I mean, maybe he can make the good wine. I don't know, but I don't want to ask him to do it because he's my guest, so I should go get it. And everyone will think poorly of me. Let me get you to consider, isn't a lot of our busyness maybe sometimes driven by our fears? Not being important. Who else will do it? No, I'm indispensable. Pride, I'm the only one who can do this. I'm special, I'm unique. I'm like a snowflake. You're not like a flaky snowflake, but you know, snowflakes, they're all different and uh, like no one's the same kind of thing, right? You're unique. You know, trying to please people. Some of you can't say no because you want to be liked by everyone. Trying to prove yourself. You can't rest because you're trying to prove something, maybe to your parents, your siblings, a high school coach, an ex-girlfriend, yourself. And I lived in that, trying to prove myself. I came from a space where nobody ever thought we, our family, the people came from Arnold, would ever amount to anything. So I lived in the mentality of like, well, I'll prove you wrong. Maybe it is a need to keep up with everyone else. You work to earn. You earn to spend. You know, you spend to keep up with what everyone else has or does. Maybe a fear that you will lack things in the future. And this is huge for our generation. We're constantly thinking about the future, retirement, what's going to happen down the road. And I get that. I'm even at that space. You're like, I live in that space. I'm a money guy. I think in dollar signs. Trying to earn. Maybe we're even trying to earn God's approval. But what Jesus says to all of this is this. Martha, Martha, come be with me says, Martha, Martha, come be with me. And the reason he calls Martha and he calls us to rest in him is this. This is why he's calling Martha, Martha, come rest with me. Because his approval is a gift. It doesn't need to be earned. Just come to me. And the second thing, 
It says, come to me. He's like, all that you're actually striving for is me. I have everything that you ever need. Everything you ever need is with me. The rest that you need, the security of your future that you need. The, you know what, the approval is like, are you feeling like you are enough? That's with me. Because he simply is the bread of life. He's the better source of enjoyment and safety, it says in Psalm 16. Sometimes this, we can forget who our Savior is. We forget who the one is who does the building. We forget who gives us strength. We constantly go, and when we don't rest, or we, when we don't Sabbath when Jesus, when we don't take time to be with him, we can feel that we are the ones who are making everything happen. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And so in this, we see two things. We see our responsibility, and we see God's responsibility. We see Jesus' responsibility. Our responsibility is this, to acknowledge him and to obey. That's our responsibility. That's what he's calling us to, to come to him, to acknowledge him, to go to Jesus, to find, to sit at his feet, to obey what he's called us to do. But we actually can't obey him if we don't go to him, and if we don't spend time with him, if we don't rest with him. And his responsibility is this, to make your paths work out. We see something that we're supposed to do, go to him. And we see what he does to make our paths work out. So it's easier to abide in Christ if we practice Sabbath rest, if we practice 24 hours away from work, if we practice, you know what, it was shutting the door to work at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, whenever that is, and being like, that door is shut now. There's a new door that opens. Sabbath, finding rest in Christ, reminds us that we were created for relationship, not for production. We constantly forget this. We constantly feel we have to produce, but we are, he's simply calling us to abide in him, to rest in him. We were created for relationship with him, not to produce. He does the production. It reminds us that we can rest in God because he is the one like I said, who does all of the production. Jesus, in the teaching of the New Testament church, actually reiterates this fact. This scripture is similar to Jesus' promise in Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. 28, 30. I'm going to read it here for you. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty 28, 30 says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is life. What a beautiful scripture about finding rest in Jesus, coming to him. When you feel weary, you feel burdened. Maybe that's you today. You feel so tired. You feel so stressed. You feel like the burdens of life are just weighing you down. And he simply just, he wants you to come to him. Come rest with me. In Hebrews, it amplifies this. Hebrews 4, 9 to 10 says this. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did. See, the writer of Hebrews, it ties this to the Old Testament concept of Sabbath. Moses explains the purpose of Sabbath in two primary places. And we'll touch on the first place now. And in, in, in the, there's another one in Exodus. Oh, never mind. We'll touch on the one in Exodus right now. Sorry. Exodus 29 to 11 says this. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or your daughter, nor your main servant, man servant or main ser- maid servant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates, nor in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. So back when this first happened, back 3,000 some odd years ago, the Sabbath you know, was a gift first given to our spiritual forebearers this 3,500 years ago. And the ancient Israelites, you know, they had been slaves up to Pharaoh, uh, the Pharaohs in Egypt, for 400 years. They were slaves for 400 years up to this point. And so under Moses' leadership, they were set free. And on Mount Sinai, right, they received the Ten Commandments. You know, we've seen, you know, maybe the movie of the theatrical Moses with his Ten Commandments up there, beautiful beard, and, you know, massively long hair. But historian Thomas Cahill tells us that up to this point in history, up to that point in history, no civilization had ever been given an ordinary working day off. Up to that point in history, there no ordinary working people had a day off. Nothing. They constantly, seven days a week, were constantly going and working. And this, and so the gift of the Sabbath was actually this truly unique and unprecedented gift that was given at that time. Reminding the ancient Hebrews this, and this is huge. It was reminding the ancient Hebrews this. They were no longer slaves of Pharaoh. They're no longer slaves of Pharaoh. It was huge up to that point. To take a day off, you don't need to work. You can rest. Rest with God. Have that moment, that Sabbath rest. Because now their lives weren't defined by the bricks that they made anymore. And sometimes we feel that our lives are defined by the bricks that we make. Whatever that brick that you are constantly building looks like. I don't know. You might know what that brick is in your life. The gift of the Sabbath forms this new identity within them and with us as well. Because our lives are not defined by our ability to produce or to succeed. Our value has already been established by the fact that we are this. We are beloved by the Maker. This is where our value is, that we are loved by the one who has created us. And we have this infinite worth, not because of what we do, but simply because we are God's sons and daughters. And so we have this magic, not magical, we have this unprecedented, you know what, gift that we are his sons and daughters, that we can rest in that, that we are no longer defined by work. And so we take rest to recognize this, that we belong to Jesus. We are no longer defined by what we do. We're no longer defined by our production of work, but we are now defined by who we are, sons and daughters of Christ. And so taking a Sabbath, finding rest in Christ reminds us we weren't created for a job or for work, but we were created for a relationship with Christ. And I know our world, it will constantly tell us that. And we can go out from this space and we might totally forget what was said here today. Because I need to do something today. There's some things I got to get done. There's, I'm already thinking about work tomorrow. Even as I sat here this morning, you know, even as, you know, service was going on, I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, oh man, I hope we don't go past, you know, at this time during worship or, you know, like, oh, I made, I'm going to make sure I'm 30 minutes. And so we're all, because we're thinking sometimes of like, I got to go somewhere. I got 
things to do. I got stuff to get accomplished. But we don't value these type of moments where we can rest in Jesus' presence. Who cares if we go an hour and a half, two hours? It's okay if I preach for an hour, guys. You'll be okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe you'll find your rest in that pew during that hour. I don't know. But when is resting with Christ have to be so rushed? Why does it have to be so rushed? Because our world tells us, I got things to do. I'm already there. I'm thinking, like, I got a closet to put together when I get home. But I'm like, that could wait. Created to be with Jesus, to take this time with him. What about all the things I got to do? Taking a day was inconvenient, especially in ancient Israel. It was really inconvenient for them to take a day off because survival was often a day-to-day, season-to-season affair for the ancient Israelites. You know, crops had to be harvested daily, no water drawn daily. For us, we can ride down to the, I was going to say co-op, but we're not in Saskatchewan. You've never, well, I'm not sure if you've been in Saskatchewan, but I always say co-op. We had to go down to the IGA to get our food, but they had to harvest everything, draw the water daily. So to cut production by one-seventh could make the difference between life and death for them. No other society did this during this time. They were seen as crazy, actually, that they were given a day off. What, a day to do nothing? How are you going to get things done? How are you going to survive? How are you going to live? And here was his promise. If they would take one day off in obedience to him, he would multiply their effectiveness on the other six days so that they would accomplish more in those six days if they had worked all seven of them. He would make sure all their needs were met and all, that, all their ends would meet. And you know what? There are studies even done today that we can get more things done if we work just a seven to eight hour day rather than 10 hour days. Because something within us is not created to push that hard. So because of this, because we labor for six days, we can easily begin to assume that we are the ones who bear the responsibility of taking care of ourselves. But that's not true. That seventh of the day, that taking rest, it shows that we are coming to Christ, and he actually is the one who bears the responsibility. So we take a day off to declare that. We take, you know, we cut our work days off at a certain time to declare that. On that day, we say, God, I'm doing less than I am able to do because you commanded me to. And so I'm depending on you to make, what I'm missing, make up what I'm missing here. I know I maybe can get some done, things done today, but I'm declaring I will take this day knowing that you will make it up for me in some way. You see, taking a Sabbath, resting in Christ, is a declaration of trust. You don't do it because everything is done, but because God has promised that if we don't, he'll make up for the rest. And this is the same principle with giving. We tithe because what God has given us, but we are also trusting them that he'll meet our needs. He'll meet our needs. We're like, well, I don't know. I can't give that much. What am I going to do? I might fall short. He'll meet our needs. One of the most interesting sections of scripture is, to me is the Genesis story. And my favorite part of the story is when he created us. Not that it sounds very conceited. He created us and I loved it. Uh, I do love people. But there's a part in the creation story that really sticks to me. And it says, On the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. 
Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. There's these two Hebrew words used for Sabbath. One's Shabbat, and it means to stop working. Stop. Completely stop. And the other one's Nuakah, and it means to dwell or to settle. And so uh, after six days of bringing you know, order to chaos, now it's time to Shabbat from his work, to stop. And you ever recognize this in the Genesis story? Mankind created sixth day. Then on the seventh day, God rested. And so this means on our first full day on earth, we actually rested with God. We settled with him. We, what they would have said, nuka with him. We began our existence on the Sabbath with Jesus, declaring, you're the one actually who's going to do all this. You're the one who's going to carry me. You're the one who suffice. Right? You think Adam went off and started working? He had just been created. He's going to follow the one that created him. We were created to rest before work. And we read that God creates human and then immediately rests them or settles them with himself in the Garden of Eden. That's what he does. He rests. He wants us to rest with him. Right? You're like, he wants us to build lazy people? No, he does not want to build us lazy people. Like I said in the story, there is those two personalities of Martha and Mary, but it's finding that balance. Mary shows that we need to come to him, to rest with him. We rest and God dwells right from the beginning. A second reason that having a Sabbath, resting in Christ, is the only way we will hear is this. The only way that we will actually hear and know what Christ wants us to do is this, we actually stop. I was talking with somebody recently this week, and I, and I asked him, you know, what do you think Christ wants you to do in your life? You know, what's he actually saying to you? you know, what are you feeling that he's leading you into? And the guy said this, I don't know. I actually haven't been able to stop and rest with him. I just, you know, I, I just got to keep going. I just, things, all, these things I got to do. That can be sad. We get so focused on this. The question is, well, we get focused on what needs to be done, but the question that we actually need to focus on, what does he want me to do? I got my list. You know, I got my sticky notes. I mean, I think I had a sticky note on my, note, my sermon notes here of the things, you know, that I need to say. Get so focused on what needs to be done rather than what he wants us to do. Say, go sit at the feet of Jesus. Find your sufficiency in him. And then he will tell you, and he'll speak to you, and he'll guide you. If Jesus says to Mary, go get me a cup of water, don't you think she'll go do it? The only way Martha would know what Jesus would be asking of her is if she actually sat at the feet of Jesus like Mary did. Martha was doing what she assumed that Jesus wanted, but she actually never came to the feet of Jesus to listen to him and maybe hear what the Lord wanted to say to her and call her to do. Mary sat and listened to the words that Jesus was speaking, hearing his voice and what he wanted, you know, to hear what he wanted to say to her. And so this is why, you know, we start this, series, this, this new year off with a sermon called Rhythms. This is why we start the new year off with 21 days of prayer, so we can slow down, so we can rest and focus on Jesus. And you might say, you know, in return, during the 21 days of prayer, I really heard Christ speak. Well, you created that rhythm of Sabbath and rest and being close to him and drawing near to him. 
That could be a daily rhythm, not just a 21 days rhythm. See, we want to incorporate a Sabbath into our own personal lives, a space of 24 hours devoid of work, a space, you know, even on our weekdays where we say work is cut off here. I'm done. I'm with my family. I'm resting. I'm recharging my batteries. I'm, sp- I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm doing something that helps me recharge. But we also want to place Sabbath principles in our life. Like I said, those boundaries where things are cut off, where things end. So we come to Jesus. We find our rest in him. We hear what he wants us to do. And then we go and we do those things. That's the better way forward, to come to him, spend time with him, hear what he's calling us to do, then to move, rather than what do I need to do, 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 do. I'm so tired, Jesus, I need you to fill me up so I can continue to go, do, 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 do. We need to come and hear him. And actually we'll find that reinvigorates us. Jesus told Martha that she was so busy about many things and had forgotten the best thing. Jesus said this to Martha, you were so busy about doing many things that you'd forgotten about the best thing, the best thing. He said, best thing is not the only thing. The best thing just means the first thing. It means the most important thing. Start at my feet. Rest with me. Hear from me. Now, one more thing. I'm just going to call up the worship team uh, here in a sec. There's a very somber warning Jesus gives to us, and it's the greatest problem with our busyness. See, the great danger of busyness is that it keeps us simply from the feet of Jesus. This is the greatest problem of busyness, that it keeps us away from Jesus. In Luke 10, 41 to 42, it says, You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, the one thing that can never, ever, ever be taken away. See, the real problem with being busy with everything else is it keeps us from that one necessary thing. Busyness sends, there's this one theologian who says this, busyness sends more people than he, to hell than outright rejection of God. When we are crazy busy, we put our souls at risk. I started that. We put our souls at risk when we are crazy busy. And Mary, she had chosen the good thing, which can never be taken away from her. Mary chose the good thing to start at the feet of Jesus. Hear what he has to say. All right, how do you know what he wants you to do if you're actually not spending time with him, hearing him? Let him lead you and guide you and direct you. All the other things you are consumed with, all the other things that, you know what, my shelf in my closet, you know what, they look, they're going to look nice. They're going to look spectacular. Kim's really pumped about it. Hopefully you're pumped about it too. When you come over, we'll show you. It'll be probably the first thing we show you. But the reality is there were shelves in there that I took out, and they probably thought the same thing. These shelves are spectacular. And I'm like, get them out of here. And so things are replaceable. Those things that we always constantly worry about. They're outdated now, those shelves that I took out. Our career, kingdom, wealth, health, family, knowing Jesus and teaching your family to know Jesus is the one thing that actually never be taken away, ever away. Worship team, you can come on up. To die with him and nothing else, so to die with Christ and nothing else is not really different than dying with him and everything else. Because eternity, it matters. To die without him, though, and everything else is to actually lose it all. 
Psalm 90, 12 says this, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to learn wisdom. And I want to leave you with this last thing. This la- I think this is really powerful. Those most mature in Jesus are not those working hardest for them, but those resting best in him. I'm in that space. Lord, what else can I do? What else can I do? What else? Oh, I'm going to do it. Here I go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And then a little bit later, I'm like, oh my gosh, my back and my neck, Lord. My head. What's this? Like, what's this tension here? What, like, is like somebody squeezing my head all the time? Taking a Sabbath is a promise that we're actually invited to. It reminds us of eternity. When we get to eternity, we're just going to be with him. We're going to celebrate with him. We're going to worship him. It's going to be a week-long, year-long, eternity-long celebration with him. Having those moments where we can take and we can rest with him is a reminder of what we're going to experience for eternity. So we can start practicing for eternity now. The promise is that we will find rest in Christ. That's the promise. We will find rest in him. Let's stand together. I'm just going to pray. Father, Lord, I thank you Lord, that you have called us into relationship. Lord, you've called us to come to you, to trust in you. Lord, to draw close to you. Lord, because your promise is that you're going to lead us and you're going to guide us. You're not going to forsake us. Lord, you're actually going to give us strength. You're going to show us, Lord, the way, our path. Lord, our responsibility is this, to draw close to you. Lord, to obey you. And your responsibility, Lord, what you are going to do is you're going to make our path. You're going to make our way. We're not called to be overworked. We're not called to be lazy either. We see Martha and we see Mary, and we see that we need to find the balance between those. But we see a path to come to you to work, to come to you to work, to come to you to go and do work. Lord, there's things out there we enjoy. Lord, maybe hiking, maybe, you know what, maybe building actually brings you joy. Lord, truthfully, it does for me. It's not burdensome. Lord, you call us to, to do those things, Lord, and we can find worship in those. Those things, they draw us, they focus our mind upon you, Lord. Lord, let us find rest in you, Lord. Let us remember that we were created for late relationship, not production. Lord, as we draw close to you, as we lean into you, as we're filled with your spirit, and Lord, as it leads us, Lord, we'll find that we will produce because of the strength that you've given us. Lord, as we have strenuous work schedules, Lord, we know sometimes it requires us to do a little bit more, Lord. We pray that we would find that balance, Lord, that we would know, Lord, it's too much right now. I need to rest in you. to be in the world but not of it. Called to change the way, you know, even the world sees life. Lord, let us be that change. Let us be that light. Father, let us rest in you.
this next song um, is about just the gospel entirely and Jesus our Lord um, like Pastor Jeremy was saying um, I just hope that this time you can find rest in him and remember what he did for us let that just be central for you as you go home and as you carry out the rest of your day
dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away rising he to draw close to Jesus, to take rest. One of the things I've done this year, a new thing is, I mean, we all have a phone, right? You see, this is actually a new phone. And so my previous phone is very cracked and looked like a three-year-old played with it. Anyways, um, I don't have my email on my phone this year. I'm like, I'm not going to put my email on my phone this year. Because I'm not sure about you, but you know, sometimes we get on our phone, and it's like, and the notification pops up for an email, or you know what, or you know it's like, well, I wonder if anybody said anything. It's like seven o'clock, and I'm looking at it or something like that. Putting in practices and rhythms to create rest for myself. So I don't know about you, and maybe there's something in your life where you maybe feel a bit worn, you feel a bit tired. There's ways that the Lord will help once you define rest within Him. Let Him speak to you. Let Him guide you. You might be thinking, oh, you're a terrible employee. I don't think so, and it's not on my contract. And I have to have my email on my phone. We do that because we want to be productive. We want to, see, we want to be seen as always there, and we put the pressure on us to be actually the one who produces rather than Christ. And so find different rhythms for you as you head into this week. Thank you for coming. There's coffee out there. Say hi to one another. If this is your first time here, go look around. Don't write your name on the wall. I shouldn't have said that. Um, Enjoy your Sunday.